Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. You know, we, uh, we've been uh, doing a series, this is week six in Unwrapping Our Gifts, and it's my great joy to be able to share this morning, looking at the text that we're going to go to very shortly, Romans chapter 12, but incredibly um, excited about God's plan. Um, I, I just think it's just so amazing, uh, God's wisdom, His foresight, um, the way that he puts uh, the church together. You know, I look around this morning and we're from uh, different backgrounds and different family orientations and from different potentially cultures. And yet when we get born again, uh, we become um, forgiven. We become washed in the blood of Jesus. We, we get given the gift of eternal life. But not only that, we get to become a part of the family of God. Isn't that, I think that's just astounding. It doesn't matter where you go. You can go uh, overseas, you go any part of the world, but you find the church, you become a part of the family of God. But what I find most amazing as well is that God doesn't just put us in his family. He gives us unique abilities and gifts in order to be able to serve his family. Amen? Ollie, that just blows my mind when I think about the incredible plan that God has. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Before the foundation of time, He preordained or pre-planned the great works that each of us would do. And you know, when I look around this morning, um, where, as I said, we're all unique and we're all different, but the truth is we're all gifted. God has gifted each one of us for the purpose of serving one another for the building of the body of Christ. And that just does my head in when you look around this morning. I'm just not looking at people that have got nothing to do on a Sunday so they thought they'd come to church. I'm looking around at a whole room full of people that have got charisma. Amen? Gifted by God. And we're going to dive into that very shortly and jump into it. But I wanted to recap and just to bring a couple of thoughts to remembrance again about the series that we've been on. Um, Today we're going to look at another category of the gifts known as the motivational gifts found in Romans chapter 12. That roof is definitely about to come off. The greatest secret, uh, we've been saying the greatest secret in the church today is this, that you and I are gifted or endowed with supernatural abilities. I know right now, stop there, pause, Shane. I know right now, as soon as I've said that, many of you have just gone, no, no way. Well, I'm doing my best this morning under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to encourage you to open up your eyes, to help you to see who you truly are and who you really are, amen? Satan's plan is to do all that he can to deceive us and to blind us or blind the believer of their full potential. In fact, again, I want to bring to your attention the encouragement from Paul out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in the New Testament, verse 1. He says this regarding spiritual gifts. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant, to not know or to understand. God... The Holy Spirit does not want us to be ignorant of the fact that each of us has a spiritual gift or gifts. Amen. In fact, we see the command from Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. This is a command. This is not a suggestion. This is not if you feel like it. Listen to what it says. It says, As each one has received a gift, minister 
or serve it to one another as good stewards or managers of the manifold grace of God. As each one has received a gift, a charisma, minister or serve it to one another as good stewards, managers of the manifold grace of God. Hallelujah. You've been gifted. You've been endowed from on high. God wants you to use your gift and serve others with it. Hallelujah. I love it. Don't you love it this morning? So just a little bit of a recap before we delve into the scripture that we've got this morning. We want to talk about that this morning. The first week we discovered that each believer has been endowed with charisma. The, the, the word gift in the New Testament, um, in, in the majority of the text that we've, we're looking at, is defined in the Greek as charisma. And uh, the word charisma, this is the definition of it. So when it says in 1 Peter, when Peter writes to the church, he says, as each one has received a gift, as each one has received uh, a charisma, that's you and I, the day that we received Jesus Christ as our Saviour, amen. There's Mark and Sue at the back there, how you doing? House burnt down a few weeks ago, but they're on fire, amen. Amen. It's good to see you both. Charisma. This is what it means in the Greek. For those people that might like to hear what it says, the word gift that each one of us has received in order to minister to others means this. Miraculous faculty and inherent spiritual power, spiritual endowment, ability possessed or inherited by someone. The last one I love, a religious qualification. We're not just, we said it, we're not just sons and daughters of God. We are ministers for the Almighty, sharing the gospel, using the gifts He has empowered us with. At the end of this month, Rachel is going to be coming and sharing in the Sunday morning service. I'm so looking forward to that. And her message is going to be, every minister, every believer has been called to be a minister. Every. Oh, it's good to see Peter this morning too. Every minister, every uh, believer has, call, has been called by God to be a minister. Amen. So you'll be sharing that in a couple of weeks' time. Last week, we looked at the manifold gifts of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit, um, at His choosing, can manifest or move through the life of a believer in miraculous ways. And last weekend, we asked a number of people, there were three people to wait on God. And uh, to wait on God for a, for a word of knowledge, for a prophetic word, for, a, for, a, for the Holy Spirit to reveal Himself or manifest Himself in a particular way. And uh, who was there for that last weekend? My, all, pretty much all of us were. Uh, but it was just powerful. And we made the illustration that there's uh, the Holy Spirit, there's a believer that's going to um, um, receive... Uh, excuse me, is going to uh, uh, receive the word from the Holy Spirit and then is going to deliver it to the, to the other believer. And we made the point last week that the Holy Spirit will, will choose to manifest himself through a believer at his time of choosing, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he manifests himself and, and gives a word of encouragement, a gift of discernment. There, there's a list of them there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then the believer's responsibility is to share the word with those that the Holy Spirit is intending for that person to receive from. Amen. But we said last week the problem normally stops here in the middle person. This one, because we get all choked up with fear, we get choked up with anxiety, and rather than stepping out, we step back and we don't share the word and therefore change someone's life. Well, we had um, young Rachel last weekend. She gave a word of knowledge, and I can't even remember it, but I do remember walking out. Mary, would you come on up this morning? Just want to 
Mary to share a testimony this morning of what God did. I had no idea what took place last weekend and, and uh, we haven't got time for other testimonies, but I spoke to two or three people after the service and I uh, was astounded and Mary shared what God was doing or did that morning. I was, I was just moved by what you said. So Rachel waited on God. She received the word of knowledge and last Sunday morning she shared that word of knowledge. We had no idea who it was for or what it was about, but you want to share what took place? I'll have to start from the beginning because um, when my husband died six years ago... Oh, you pushed pause by I mistake. Pause. When my hus- first husband died six... Oh, that's good. Wait a minute. <laughs> when my first husband died six years ago, I stood in faith like I really, really, really believed he was going to live. I really believed it. It was just... There was nothing else. There was nothing else. And people would come to me and say, oh, I know this person and they died of cancer and this is what happened to them. I don't want to know. And so it went like that and he died. And so then my faith went, okay, not my faith so much as my belief in healing. Um, I just thought, well, what's the point of praying for people? They're going to die. You know, and I wasn't putting God first. I was putting what I thought should happen first. But I couldn't get past it, and I knew it, and I knew it. And um, so six years I've been going through that wow. and trying to get past it, still praying for people, still believing as much as I could, but there's always been this kind of thing. I've, I've said it to a few people, there's a blockage there, there's a blockage. And last Sunday, Shane started praying. Oh, I think you were praying or talking. I can't remember last week much, but he started praying. And... Um, while he, I was praying while he was talking. I think he was talking and I was praying. And I was praying, Lord, there's something here and it needs to be exploded out of my life. It needs to go. I need to come back to that place where right. I'm better than I was before to just trust you in everything, even though I don't understand it. And so this is what I'm praying. So out comes Rachel. And she would have almost, word for word, said my prayer. How rude. How did you know that? <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, and if you... I, do, I really don't like answering, going out to the front to answer stuff like that because I'm scared I'll fall over or something. Not fall over in the spirit, I mean literally fall over. Um, so that was a really big thing and I said to John, that's me. I, nobody went out, I'm going, oh, maybe, someone else, maybe it's for somebody else. But of course it wasn't, it was for me. So God just touched my life and then I went home and I was free. And I, I still wow. I still feel that freedom. <laughs> so now I'll pray, I'll pray for you and leave the results up to God. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I've been praying all week. I'm going, yes, and walking around the house praying. I'm thinking, That's unreal. Wow. So, yeah, that was last week. Thanks. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Come on, give glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we're so thankful. Holy Spirit, so thankful this morning for touching lives. (laughs) God, we just so thank you this morning. But you see the picture there this morning. The Holy Spirit knew about Mary, knew about her situation. He knew exactly what was taking place. So what does he do? He manifests himself through another believer. And as a result of that, a believer's life is changed. Hallelujah. So that's what we looked at last week. We looked at the, the um, uh, manifested gifts and wanted to say this morning about receiving from God. It's not about being a mountain of faith, although Rachel is. It's not about being a theologian, but just someone says, Holy Spirit, I am open to you. That's all that it's about. 
And it's literally what we saw last week. So today we want to look at the motivational gifts found in uh, the book of Romans chapter 12. If you wanted to open your Bibles this morning, Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. We'll get there in a moment. The, we're looking at the motivational gifts today, the, the, not the manifested as the Holy Spirit chooses, but we're looking at the motivational. These are the gifts that we possess, that God places on the inside of our lives, amen, for the purpose of ministering to other people. And we want to look at this list in a moment. But just a couple of questions this morning. Before we dive in, have you ever wondered why some people find it a joy to serve others? Have you ever wondered why that? You see just people just going around and they have no problems at all in serving other people. They, in fact, they love serving people. Have you ever seen how people can be motivated in that way? What, what, what is that? They've got a gift of serving on their lives. Amen. Not everyone's like that. Or have you ever wondered why some people naturally encourage other people? People who just go around, they're always encouraging. They're always uplifting. Even when they're having a bad day, they're always about lifting other people up and building other people up. What is that? That's the gift, the charisma, the charisma of encouragement that God places within our lives. Or what about the people that are so generous with with their lives and money, they always want to give. Every time they have an opportunity, they want to give. Some Christians are so tight, they'd never give you a wave if they owned the ocean. But then there are others that are so generous with their giving. Why? Because they have a gift of giving, a charisma that God has placed within them. Or that person that just seems to make difficult things and difficult systems so easy. Uh, I think of one individual I chatted to this morning. I won't mention her name, but but, uh, she's astounding in the area of administration. What is that? The gift, the charisma of administration that God has placed in her life. Or that person always seems to go the extra mile with other people. Super patient and always loving. What's that about? Not all of us are super patient and super loving, are we? Hands up those that are always super patient and super loving. (laughs) That could be taken in a number of ways. <laughs> that was really good, honey. Thank you. I think. Gift of mercy, charisma. God's placed that gift on the inside of that believer. Amen. So today I want to propose to you that there are people that seem motivated or gifted gifted in a certain way, is simply demonstrating the charisma or the gift or gifts that we have been blessed with. So the text this morning is Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. It says this. I've put it there in the Living Translation, the Living Bible, but you can follow through with yours if you choose. It says, God has given each of us the ability, gift, to do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then prophesy whenever you can. As often as your faith is strong enough to receive a message from God. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If you are a preacher, see to that your sermons are strong and helpful. If God has given you money, be generous in helping others with it. If God has given you administrative ability and put you in charge of the work of others, take the responsibility serious. Those who comfort others, comfort the sorrowing, should do so with Christian cheer. It's here we find the, probably the most um, condensed list of motivational gifts or the charisma gift that God has given us. And you'll see them up on the screen there. Gift of prophecy, gift of service, gift of teaching, gift of encouragement, gift of giving, 
gift of administration, gift of compassion. And then there's a few more gifts that come out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And there's a few that are mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 4. But this is the main group, uh, a grouping of the charisma gifts. These are what God has gifted the believers with. Amen. Why don't you say it to the person next to you? Look them in the face and say, I am gifted. Not many people want to do that. Because you feel like and you sound like you're up yourself. Don't we? Oh, we can't say that. I'm gifted. Oh, don't say that. No, you're gifted. You have charisma. God has endowed you. God has empowered you. God has endued you with a supernatural ability for the purpose of serving his body. Amen? That's why from the very beginning, I find astounding God's plan, his big picture for the body of Christ on the planet today. So this morning, um, over the, excuse me, over the next few weeks, we'll be finishing the series by giving an overview of each of these gifts so that you'll be able to sit there during the service and go, aha, that's who I think I am. I think that's how God has gifted me, endowed me. And then during the next couple of weeks as well, we'll be making available a gift discovery tool as well. Just a simple tool to help you. You can take it home and start to get a bit of an idea of what the gift is that God has given me. Remember again, it's the biggest secret in the church today, but it's one of the most powerful ways that we can make a difference in the world today by understanding what our charisma gift is and then employing it for the purpose of serving others. Amen. So I wanted to note from these verses, just before we move on, I want to note to read from, uh, just, uh, we need to read that the charisma is the Greek word here, and it's the same word used in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. I believe this is the list or the category of gifts that Peter was referring to when he said we are to employ our gifts and use them for the benefit of others. Okay. I know as I've been speaking today, there are people who are really struggling with the thought that you are gifted by God and the view that we have of ourselves can really hinder the gift flowing through us. Often what we see about us and what God sees in us are two different things. If I ask many of us why are we not using the gifts that God has given us, I would say it would be because of a lack of confidence or the view that you have of yourself. I remember many, many years ago, too many moons ago to remember, I was in a meeting, uh, second year of Bible college, um, went uh, to a campus meeting to help a, a new pastor start a church. Our national chairman came uh, and uh, prophesied over my life, you'll be a pastor. One day in the future, you'll be pastoring the flock. And I knew at the time, I just said, no way, that is not me. And straight away, what I did was just look at all of the inabilities, the inefficiencies, the inner securities, the insecurities, insecurities, you know what I mean. I looked internally and looked, just looked at me from a natural perspective and went, that'll never happen. That's what's happening this morning as I'm sharing the Word of God. There are so many of us that are struggling with the thought that you have been endowed, in, 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 um, um, gifted by God for the purpose of serving other people with the supernatural ability that God has entrusted. And right now you're looking at your own life saying, well, God, I haven't got it. I'm not good enough. And that's exactly what I did for many, many years. But what holds us back the most in our lives is how we see ourselves. Wow. Hallelujah. You all good? Come on. Taz. 
<laughs> Why don't you have a look at this next picture? If we could just bring that up, that would be great. And uh, what do you see? Oh, shut up. <laughs> Who was that? You can look at that picture up there and you can see two different things. For some of you, you can see a young lady. She's turning her face to the side, but then others of you will see, best described as an older lady. What you and I see at different times can be very, very different. But the point that I want to make from that picture up there is what God sees in our lives and what we see about our lives often are very, very different. Very, very different. The problem comes down to our focus. We live and think on a natural level. We look at our lives um, and our circumstances and often reject what God says about us. But I want to remind you this morning what God says about each one of us as his sons and daughters from the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 37. It declares that we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. God's view of you is totally different to your view of yourself. And God wants to change the view that you have of you to help you to see that you are gifted, you are endowed. We are his own special people. Not special in a silly way, but we are his chosen ones. Amen. We're meant to be reflecting, reflecting Jesus as we go out into our community. We need to understand and be aware of, again, that God has gifted us. And when we go out into the world and when we're here in church and uh, might be in our connect groups during the week, that as we wait on the Holy Spirit and as we use the gift, God is going to do something significant and unique through that. But I wonder how many people just are held back by the realization that they are charisma gifted by God because of a poor view of oneself this message this morning is not about puffing you up and filling you full of pride and all of that but hopefully to get us to a point where we see ourselves the way that God does we are his own special people Ronnie you're special <laughs> you are bro but all of us are special in the eyes of God why because we have gifts God wants us to use them, to employ them for the building of his body. Amen. I thought of someone during the week um, in, in Judges chapter 6, Gideon. Many of us would know the story of Gideon very well. Gideon was a man just like us. God knew the plan that he had for Gideon, but Gideon couldn't see it. Gideon could only see his natural abilities, his inabilities, his um, shortfalls as such. And when God says, mighty man of valor, Gideon basically says, who, me? Gideon couldn't see the greatness God had placed within him. Most today don't see the potential greatness that God has placed within them through the gifts that he has given us. And God is looking to use ordinary people to get them to go and do extraordinary things in changing our world for good and for God. Amen? But it's about realizing the charisma, the gift upon our lives, taking the time to, to search out and before God discover what it is and then look at where I need to use that gift for the changing of the lives of other people. Amen. Hallelujah. So powerful when we understand the charisma, the gift. So powerful when we employ it for the benefit of building the church, loving others with it. Amen. 
God's looking, as I said, ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And your focus this morning might be totally different to God's because you lack the confidence or you're scared or you're being hurt. I want to encourage you with all my heart. Don't let any of those things hold you back from using the gift that God has given you. So I want to give you just a few reasons as we conclude this morning about why I need to use the gifts God has given me. First thought is this, it's how you can glorify God. When you use your gift, you are glorifying God. The first thing, as I walked out of that foyer last Sunday morning at about 11, whenever it was, the first thing that came out of Mary's mouth was glory to God. That's all she spoke about for the first 30 seconds, the goodness of God. Because when someone uses their gift or someone allows themselves to to be open to the Holy Spirit, to manifest himself through them, when someone receives the benefit of that gift, that charisma, that manifested gift, then straight away they're giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Want to bring glory to God? Use the gift that God has given you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It means that we're glorified. That means to let God shine through us. Jesus said, let your light shine before men. Um, Ordinary people won't glorify God. Only extraordinary people are willing to use what God has given them. People serving in their community, people singing on this stage, business people out employing their gifts during the course of the week, people in their home group using their gift of of prophecy to encourage others, Uh, people using their gift of administration in their workplace or to help the body of Christ as such. That's the way that we glorify God, amen, by using the gifts. When you use your gift, the gift brings glory to God. Second thought is this this morning. The second thing that's so important that we're using our gift, to serve and to build others up. Do you want to see the church continue to grow? Two people, we're in a good place. On fire, Martin, aren't we? On fire. Of course, every one of us would want to see God's church continue to grow, but it grows as we serve and build others up with the gift that God has given us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 says this. From whom the whole body, church, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. God's church is not fulfilled while people withhold their unique ability. If you don't use your gift, somebody in the body misses out. There's been, um, as, as we would, would all have, um, sometimes as a pastor you have a bad day. <laughs> I know you can't believe that, but sometimes we have a bad day. All of us at times have bad days, don't we? You know, sometimes when we're having a bad day, there's one particular gentleman that I love to ring. His name is Bruce Hills. Comes to our church, leads um, World Outreach, he's the international director. But when I'm having a bad day, sometimes I'll get on the phone to Bruce and one of his gifts is the gift of encouragement. I get on the phone, I'll go, blah, 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 people, you know, ministry would be great for, without people. You know, wouldn't it be easy if there was no people involved in ministry and blah, blah, blah. And then Bruce will just bring his gift of encouragement. I'll get off the phone feeling like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> What's happened? The gift of encouragement was released over my life to build me up. Amen. I want to point out of that verse of Scripture there, 
Listen to this, this out of that verse of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. I want to point out two thoughts. It says, every joint supplies. It also says, every part does its share. God sees you and I as a unique part of his church. Listen to this. The question we must ponder is this. Am I doing my share and am I supplying to the body? <laughs> am I doing God's allotted share and am I supplying to the body? So the second reason that's so important that we overcome the obstacle of removing that negative view of ourselves and potentially having those blockages to being used by God is the purpose of the gift is to serve and to build others up. And the last thought as we conclude this morning, if I could have the, the keyboard, Ellen, this morning, that would be great. The third thought this morning is this. Listen this morning, church. We will give an account to God for what we did with what he gave us. It's gone a bit quiet in this Anglican church this morning. We will give an account to God for what we did with what he gave us. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27 talks about when the Son of Man returns with all the holy angels. He will reward each one according to their work, according to what they did. Matthew chapter 25, the story of the talents. God gave five talents, three talents, one talent. You know the story. If you don't, go there this afternoon and read it. God is looking for a return on his investment. God is not a socialist, he's a capitalist. He wants a return on the gift that he's invested into your life. How do I know that? We'll read Matthew chapter 25. Could I get Joe, Josiah, come on up here if you would this morning, mate. Just conclude. I saw you talking at the back there. He was, he was chatting to someone at the back there. This is my son, super proud. Good looking fella too. Absolutely. Well, I don't know where you get that from. <laughs> Not me. I'm using him as just by way of illustration this morning. You know, I'm his father. I want him to do well in life. I'd love to think that he would, he would change his world for good and for God. Amen. So, so by way of example, I, I, you know, I want to give him a gift. I give him the gift of prophecy. I trust that gift with him, and now I want him to go out and to, just to use that gift of prophecy to encourage, to exhort, to edify. That's my heart, and that's my intention for him. Could you imagine how I'd feel if he just neglects the gift, doesn't do anything with it? In fact, never takes the time to reflect on the fact that he has a father that believes in him, that wants the best for him that wants him to go and change the world with the, with the gift that I've given him. How do you think I'd feel as a father? Pretty devo. Disappointed. Thanks, son. 
Won't embarrass you again. <laughs> Till next time. But how do you think I'd feel as a father? How do you think our heavenly father feels when he's endued us, when he's empowered us, when he's gifted us, and we don't do anything with it? I think we don't truly take to heart the word of God and in particular we have seen so much of the Holy Spirit I've just been reflecting on how incredible it's been as we've been talking about the gifts of God and the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit's just been moving in our midst amen but I don't think we really truly take to heart the importance of what we're talking about there's a scripture in the book of Romans chapter 8 it's talking about Israel and God's plan. And, but there's one verse that captures my attention time and time again. It says the gifts and the calling are irrevocable. The gifts, the charisma, and the calling of God, the plan of God, are irrevocable. What does that mean? God will not take back the gift that he's given you, will not take back the call of God that's upon your life. I know that there are many people today that are, that are away from God that once knew God. They're walking around. They're walking around. They're, they're living life. And the gift of God is still upon their life. The, the calling of God is still upon them. But it's irrevocable. God will not take it back. God wants us to use our gifts to build his body. You're never too old. You're never too young. You just need to be open. You simply need to wake up each morning and say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. I'm open to you today. If you choose to use me, or if I have an opportunity to use my gift, I will do it. Amen? Let's bow our heads together and pray as we conclude. Heavenly Father, thank you for your most incredible plan. Wow. You save us, forgive us, wash us, cleanse us, give us the gift of eternal life, and then you endow us with charisma. Father, may we just fully appreciate and comprehend the depth and the magnitude of the importance of of the gifts that you have given us. We thank you this morning. This morning I don't endeavor to say that I know everybody here this morning, but I want to conclude this morning about talking about the greatest gift of all, the gift of salvation. You may be here this morning and you're away from God. You've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. Or you may be here today and you've walked away from God and you know in your heart it's time to come back. 
Listen to the greatest gift of all. In John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. That whoever believes in him puts their trust in, commits to following, makes him Lord of your life. You choose to turn from your sin and turn to God. You acknowledge your sin before God and ask for the salvation that is offered through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the greatest gift of salvation that God is offering each person today. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you know you're away from God, you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord or your Savior, could I just ask you just very briefly just to raise your hand. If you're here this morning today and you need to come back to God, while every head's bowed and eyes closed, would you just quickly just raise your hand this morning just as I look across the auditorium today. Father, we are so thankful. So thankful. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you. Father, may we just be encouraged in serving and loving and using our gift for the building of your kingdom. And everybody said, Amen.